Today's reading is from Psalm 145. Psalm 145, a psalm of praise of David. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will, I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commands your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness. And joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people exhort you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominions endure through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all His promises and faithful in all He does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and faithful in all He does. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise His holy name forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, St. Michael's. It's a real privilege to be with you again, sharing the word today. So why don't we open in prayer? Father, we just ask now that you would come and speak to us, that we would see more of your heart, in Jesus' name, amen. Today we're talking about keeping worship flowing at a time like this, when everywhere you turn, everything is stopped up. Nothing is flowing. Our social lives, our commercial lives, and perhaps even our spiritual lives have stopped flowing altogether. But the wonderful thing about our Heavenly Father is that the times that we live in and the circumstances that surround us do not change who he is. He is still the same Lord of Lords and the same King of Kings that we just read about in Psalm 145. He's unstoppable. He's unchangeable. His power, his presence, his amazing grace, they never stop flowing. 
So when you understand the reasons for worship, the why and the how and the when, there's no question of how to keep it flowing. But first we need to understand what worship is. What it's not is just singing and music and how that's expressed. What is worship? It is ascribing ultimate value or some, on something or on someone. At the end of the day, we all worship something. Tim Keller, the internationally known um, pastor and author, he was also my pastor in New York City, he always said, you can always tell what your idols are and what you worship by what is laying out on your coffee table. What's in the, back, the books and magazines that we are reading? What are the things that we focus on in our downtime? What are we feeding our hearts with and our minds? Those are the things that we worship. Worship is also the songs that we sing and the read and the spoken word in our church services, but it, it's also the way in which we lead our lives. Romans 12, one and two says, therefore I urge you in light of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our idols, our songs, our spoken word, our lifestyles. These are all expressions of worship. So let's answer then the question, why do we worship? Firstly, because we were created to. As we said before, everyone worships something. There's a longing in we, each one of us to ascribe greatness and look up to something or someone. Have you ever looked out at a rock concert? Everyone's hands are raised. Everyone is extolling greatness to whoever it is on stage. But as it says in Revelation 4, you alone are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. In Psalm 145, verses 13 and 14 say, The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all those who are bowed down. When we lift the name of Jesus, declare who he is and sing of his great might and his faithfulness, it takes our eyes off of ourselves and lifts our gaze upward. This then breaks through our despair and breaks through our discouragement and breaks through our seemingly impossible situations. That is what worship is capable of. Recently, one of my favorite contemporary worship leaders and songwriters, Jeremy Riddle, wrote a book about maintaining the purity of worship and in it, he says, pure praise has always been a weapon of mass destruction to the kingdom of darkness. 
That is why Satan, the sworn enemy of God, hates the song of the redeemed and the praises of the Lamb more than any other sound on earth. Because he is a killer, a stealer, and a destroyer, he has been hell-bent on destroying worship. He is aware of its great destructive power to the realm of darkness. We just think we're listening to simple love songs to Jesus and are almost oblivious to the fact that we are simultaneously destroying the gates of hell. That is reason enough to break out into worship of our Lord. The second reason that we worship is that all throughout the Psalms, we are commanded and exhorted to sing, to exalt, and to praise our God. God requires us to worship him because he alone is worthy. He commands us to acknowledge his greatness, his power, and his glory. And in doing so, we find ourselves and we discover our ultimate satisfaction. Psalm 40 says, he lifted me out of the pit. He set my feet on a rock, a firm place to stand, and he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Not just any song, but a song of praise to him. Our worship of him is for our good and for his glory. Let's look at some of the phrases throughout Psalm 145 that lead us into that kind of worship. In verse one, it says, I exalt you, my God and my King. Verse five says, one generation to the next will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. Verse six, they will tell of the power of your awesome works. And then it goes on to say, they will celebrate your abundant goodness. They will joyfully sing of your righteousness. So exalt, speak, tell, celebrate, sing. These are all the exhortations to worship. And the reasons why we worship him are endless. Just a few are stated in the verses that follow down. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is rich in love. Verse 13 said, they will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. In verse 13, it says, he is faithful to all of his promises, righteous, uh, righteous and near to all. These are the reasons that we worship him. This is why he is the king of kings. In verse 21, it says, let every creature praise his holy name. So then we ask the question, how do we worship? John 4, 23 says, when the woman at the well, uh, it talks about in John 4, 23, actually, when she encounters Jesus and he explains to her that he is the living water, he says, the time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. He is saying that a relationship with me is all that you need. You don't need religion. You don't need a temple or even a priest. You can know me without any of that. He's explaining that he alone is worthy of our worship. He is the prophet. He is the priest. He is the king. And he is the truth. So worship him in spirit and in truth. And guess what? The style really doesn't matter. Our worship, depending on our personality and our preference, can be poetry. It can be written prayer. It can be traditional hymns. And it can be contemporary songs. But it's the purity with which we worship that he cares about. And he desires for us to come humbly before him. Nothing else. Finally, the question is, when do we worship? Always, as it says in this Psalm 145. Right at the beginning in verse 1, it says, I will exalt you, my God, the King, forever and ever. Every day, I will praise you. You see, worship is not just singing and music. It's an attitude that we need to maintain to keep our perspective on who he is and who we are. The more we understand who God is and all that he's done for us, the more this feeds the manner and the quantity and the quality of our worship. How can we just sit still and occasionally focus on God when we understand who he really is? and all that he has redeemed us from. Our hearts should be overflowing, not just flowing, overflowing all day long. To answer the question of how to keep worship flowing at such a time as this, the bottom line is what, as knowing what and who it is that we worship and understanding why it is that we worship him and grow in our expressions of how to worship him. One way is to feast on the word of God. The more you know his promises and his truths, the more you will want to worship him. And we certainly in these times right now have more time than we ever have to feast on his word. Let's get to know our amazing God. You can also set aside time to worship in song, whether with traditional hymns or contemporary music, that actually doesn't matter. But as long as the music draws you to his throne, it sets your mind on things above. Songs that declare his greatness and bring you into meditation and focus on his holiness and his faithfulness. You can even keep this music, whatever it is that you like, 
on around in the background of your house. It doesn't always have to be during time that's set aside. You can just be feeding your spirit in the background. So I want to end this talk with a story about my dad, something that just happened the other day. Over the last 10 years, my father has had two strokes and has had to slowly adjust to his life and the changes that were brought about by the consequences of this stroke. He has slowly had to give up more and more of his life as he knew it, which was very full and very rich, particularly over the last few years. He's really struggled with his mobility and sometimes even slowing down in his ability to communicate. So on top of it all, both he and my mom tested positive for COVID about three weeks ago. For my dad with fever came a lot of confusion and he wasn't able to com uh, communicate clearly at all. And the other day when I was um, speaking with him on the phone, after a small, simple conversation that was pretty clear, he had a moment of um, real confusion and he actually couldn't speak anything. And what he did speak was very sort of garbled and um, difficult to understand. Wasn't really being able to string a sentence together at all. And after asking him a simple question and waiting patiently, there was a long pause and I was waiting for him to answer and get something out. But he couldn't. And then all of a sudden, he began to sing. The words, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Out of the depths of his soul, when he couldn't communicate anything else, there was a cry of worship. As it says in Matthew um, 12, 34, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And this is a man, although he spent much of his life traveling the world and spending long periods of time out at sea in his career, he always spent time in the word. His little Bible traveled with him everywhere. And all these years later, when he couldn't speak at all, out of his mouth, his heart sang worship to his amazing God. I don't know about you, but when I'm 85 and maybe I won't be able to communicate or speak clearly, I hope and pray that out of the depths of my soul comes ever praising and ever flowing worship of my beautiful savior. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are unstoppable that you are unchangeable, 
that you are faithful and that you are steadfast and that during these times of ever-changing circumstances and so many unknowns, you are known. You are our anchor and nothing can take that away from us. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, as we focus on you and who you are and your amazing grace, that you would restore the flow of worship, that you would ignite something in each one of our hearts. And I pray that we would overflow with praise and worship of you. In Jesus' name, amen.